Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Retire Simply Podcast. I'm Scott Winstead. And I'm Angela. And we're back bringing you another week's episode of all things retirement planning. Honey, today what are we talking about? We are talking about taxes. Yep. And so we're going to keep uh, chatting with you and sharing with you um, all things tax related, um, because that's still one of those things that we get, I think, probably the most questions on. And I think we actually do a just an incredible job, if I'd say so myself, <laughs> I think you uh, are. of helping people plan around that. You know, mm-hmm. I find most times planners, advisors, um, things like people like that, um, they specialize in things, right? They specialize in helping you grow your money or uh, investing, or maybe you've got a really great insurance person or a CPA that just does a great job with your taxes, but they don't necessarily plan and strategize in terms of your taxes, right? Yeah, they don't bring it all together. Yeah, and and I think it's just really, really important because unlike, um, you know, uh, most things in life, right, that hey, this topic could affect just me, but maybe not affect you, Angela, or may not affect, it may affect us, but it may not affect our neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. Taxes for the most part affect everybody. Everybody. So it's something that having a good knowledge base and strategy around will potentially save you money now and in the future when structured properly. Yeah, and realizing that a lot of things about our taxes are ever changing. So you have to stay up to speed on it. Yep, absolutely. And so a couple episodes ago, we talked about, um, you know, different types of accounts and how they're taxed, whether they're being taxed uh, forever, they're being taxed sometimes, or they're being taxed never. Um, Then we talked a little bit about that led into a discussion about, um, you know, do we think taxes are going up? And if we do, would we rather pay taxes today at rates we know versus ones we don't? We call that uh, leaving meat on the bone mm-hmm. and how we don't want to be leaving a lot of meat on the bone in terms of our, our uh, tax planning. Uh, so we'd encourage you to step back and listen to uh, the last few episodes to get caught up if you haven't already. But let's move on today. So what we're going to be talking about today in terms of your tax planning is probably... Um, you know, one of the things that I think we see a lot of confusion around in terms of uh, Roth accounts, okay? And so I just want to say uh, about our discussion last time, when we're talking about meat on the bone, we these are this is some of the stuff that we would do with that meat that was on the bone. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and just a real quick refresher, meat on the bone being, hey, if my income is $100,000 and my tax bracket goes up to $170,000, I have potentially seventy thousand more dollars of additional income I could get out of my tax forever accounts. Pay some tax on that. Those tax forever accounts again might be like your IRA or your four hundred one k. Pay some tax on that now, and then get it to a tax never account. That being permanent life insurance and Roth IRAs. So again, places where your money grows tax free, you can take it out tax free. You can pass it on tax free. And one of the things I just want to clarify about the uh, tax never account, right? It's never taxed again because you've already paid tax on it. That's absolutely. But yet a lot of times when we talk about just some of that simple strategy, like, hey, would you rather pay taxes at rates you know or ones you don't? Mm -hmm. And do you think taxes are going up? And if the answer is I'd rather pay at rates I know, and yes, I think they're going up, then it, it at least makes sense to explore should you be paying tax on money today, even though you may not need that money? Exactly. Not to go spend it, but to get it out, settle up with the IRS, and then move it to a taxed never account. And a lot of times when we have this discussion with folks, 
the feedback we get kind of initially is, well, I've heard of that Roth IRA, um, but I don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't do that. Uh, the other thing we hear a lot might be, yeah, I've heard of that Roth IRA, but I make too much money and I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to just clear up some of the misconceptions out there about Roth IRAs and how to get money into them. Yep. Okay. So there's two types of ways to get money into a tax never account, right? We're going to talk specifically about a Roth today, but we'll talk about uh, permanent life insurance uh, in a future episode here. But how can you get money into a Roth? Two ways. Number one, you can have a contribution. Number two, you can have a conversion. Mm-hmm. And the words are pretty similar. Yes. So I think this is why people get a little confused and they've never heard of it, right? Yeah. So what most people are familiar with is simply a contribution. Yep, that's the number one thing yep. people think about. when. It- so if I want to get money into my Roth IRA, I could have that opened up, right? I could open it up. Mm-hmm. And inside of your Roth IRA, you know, you can invest in anything you want typically. Um, And the government, the IRS, puts guidelines and rules around who can actually put money into that account versus who can't. So a contribution would be, hey, I've got a Roth IRA opened. I want to get some money into there. I'm going to take money out of my bank account, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just write a check or do an automatic deposit or whatever Mm -hmm. into my Roth IRA Mm -hmm. from my bank. Yes. Now I'm funding that money or that account, right? With money I've already paid tax on. So if my money's sitting in the bank, it means I already paid the IRS their portion. Mm-hmm. So the rules around that are a little different depending on your situation. So the first thing to know about if you can have a contribution or not is you have to have what they call earned income. Earned income just simply means basically that you've got wages in some capacity. So social security, a pension, dividend income, uh, money that comes in from your investments, capital gains from buying and selling investments, uh, rental income. These are all considered passive income streams. It is not active income. So those do not give you the ability to check that box and say, oh, I've got earned income. In the IRS's eyes, you haven't earned that income. Now we could all probably argue that, hey, you earned it at some point, right? That's a completely different podcast. But a completely different podcast. But you have to have earned income to contribute. Mm -hmm. Take money from your bank account, put it in. Now let's say that you do that. Now let's say that you actually have the earned income so we check that box off. Then what we've got are we've got limits around how much you can actually put in in any given year. Now, the given year is basically from January 1st all the way to April 15th for this year. So, for example, right now we're recording this in February of 2021. You actually have until April of 2021 to make a 2020 contribution. So you have till April 15th. Okay. So a lot of people don't realize that. They think, hey, I've got to be done by December 31st, not in terms of a contribution. So really important. So you have earned income. You're going to make a contribution. So if you are under the age of 50 Mm -hmm. and you are eligible to contribute, this year you can put in $6,000. 
Now, it's not an all or nothing. It's just you can't put more than 6,000. Mm-hmm. So if you could put in 500, you could put in 5,500, but it's up to $6,000, okay? If you are age 50 or over, the, the IRS basically came out and said, hey, you could do what we call a catch-up, right? Mm-hmm. So you can add an extra $1,000 to that limit. So now you could put in up to $7,000, all right? Now, that's really, really important because you want to make sure you don't go over those limits. Some people have gone over those limits, and what happens is is you can get a nasty letter from the IRS saying, hey, you've contributed too much. You need to get that money out. And depending on how long it's been in there and all that nature. Yeah, that's right. You could have penalties and stuff. So just just remember, if you're under the age of 50, you have earned income, $6,000. If you're over the age of 50 or you're 50 or over, I guess is a better way to say that, $7,000 between January 1 and April 15th. Now, let's add a little bit other layer of uh, complexity to this. Like all good things in life, or maybe most good things in life, right? There are rules around if you're doing what the IRS would consider pretty well in terms of your income, you can't go double dip in a tax-free account. So what that really means is is if you make too much money, the IRS simply comes out and says, hey, you can't take advantage of this tax-free account because you're already making too much money. Again, is it fair? I don't think so, but it's the rules. Those are the rules. So basically, depending on if you're single or you're married filing jointly or you're married filing separately, there are rules around how much you can put into, or I'm sorry, how much you can make to be able to put money into a Roth IRA. So you could have earned income. You could have the money sitting in the bank that you want to, but if you make too much money, you still can't do it. Still can't consider. So, real quick, there's a phase out, but just to give you very quickly so you know what you're looking at, if you're single or head of household, basically you're you're allowed to make up to about $125,000 and, and still contribute. If you're married filing jointly, you can make up to about $198,000. Now, you can make a little bit more than that, and there's a phase out. We're not going to get into the nuances of it. But just remember, single, about $125,000 or under of earned income. So think of that as more like your salary, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Or married filing jointly, think of that as uh, $198,000 for your salaries combined. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, combined, you're married filing jointly. So it's your total income on your tax return, not, hey, I make 125 and she makes 125. We're good. Nope, it's joint. A lot of people don't don't catch that. So those are the phase out limits to where you cannot put money into the Roth. So that's called a contribution. So remember, when we're thinking about a comp- con- excuse me, contribution, we ask ourselves two questions. Am I making wages or earning wages? And the second question is how much? That's right. Now, that's one way to get people uh, people to get put money into a Roth IRA. And most people think that's the only way. So mm-hmm. again, a lot of times when we're talking with folks, it's, yeah, I've heard that great thing you, you talk about all the time. I'd love to be able to do it, but I just can't. Yeah. But there's a second way to get the money into a Roth IRA, and it's called a conversion. And a conversion is something that most people aren't familiar with. And here's what a conversion is. A conversion is, hey, I've saved some money in one of those taxed forever accounts, IRA, 401k, 403b if I'm a teacher, right? I've saved money in there. 
I want to take some of that money and turn it into a Roth IRA. Kind of wave a wand and mm-hmm. say, poof, hey, uh, this, this, this amount. You know, when I just said that, I thought immediately about, you remember old Cinderella, the cartoon, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the, the lady waves the wand and the pumpkin turns into the carriage? Yes, I it's, love that. It's like that, right? <laughs> so you can wave a wand and turn all or some of your taxed forever accounts into a tax-free account. We typically see some at a time, but right. yes, you can do and, it either way. And again, it doesn't matter. You can do all, you can do that. But here's the point. There's no limitations around being able to do that. Meaning you do not have to have wages or earned income to be eligible to convert to a Roth IRA. You can do any amount you want. So you're not limited to $6,000 or $7,000 in any given year. You can be any age. You can file your taxes at any point. Whether you're, and I mean at any point, I mean at any uh, level, single, head of household, married, filing jointly, doesn't matter your income. It doesn't matter how much money you make. That's right. right. So a conversion is typically what we help folks look at in being able to tax plan around, does it make sense to pay the IRS some money now or do you wait for later? Mm -hmm. And so, so many folks get the rules around the contributions attached to the conversion and they just think I can't do it. And so the only real catch to that when you're doing it is Cha-ching. you got to pay the IRS, right? Yes. You have to pay the IRS tax money on that conversion amount. The total amount that you convert. Now remember, now when I say that, a lot of people think, well, gee whiz, if I'm going to do $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, and I'm going to owe 20%, right? Let's say it's $50,000, I owe 20%, that's 10,000 bucks. My goodness, I don't have that just lying around. What am I going to do with that? Remember, we are in February right now of 2021. If you did a $50,000 Roth conversion today, That $10,000 is not due until April of 2022. So almost 14 months from the time you do it, which gives you time to plan to save, Mm -hmm. set money aside, understand where it's coming from. You don't owe the tax day one. You don't owe the tax right when you do that. Most people don't realize that. So you can give yourself, if you do it early enough in the year, well over 12 months to plan around paying the IRS their tax money. Yeah, I like that. It's like two levels of game planning, right? The number one level of game planning is looking at everything that you've done, how you've saved everywhere, and and is there some room for us to help by doing some conversions? Could that save you money down the road? Typically, that's yes. And then, oh, okay, now we have this big tax bill. Here's another game plan like you're saying, and I've got 12 to 14 months to, to make this happen. Hey, this is Scott with Compass Retirement. Make sure you go to www.compassretirement.com and check out our brand new website. We're so excited for it this year. Take a look at it, surf around, give us a call and let us know what you think about it. That's www.compass, with two S's, retirement.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And so ideally, you would pay the tax, right? in 12, 14 months, whenever that is, you would pay the tax from an account other than the account you're putting the money in, right? But sometimes Mm -hmm. when you run the math out, 
it can make sense to pay it when you do the conversion. Some people just don't want it hanging over their head for 12 months. Right. So they say, you know what, if I'm going to take uh, uh, $50,000 and I'm going to convert it, I'm just using that as a round number, I'm going to send 20% to the IRS right then, mm-hmm. 10000 bucks. I'm going to take the remaining 40000 and put that in my Roth. Yeah. And some people say, well, gee whiz, Scott, you know, that really um, might put me underwater. I don't know if it makes sense. But here's the point. Whether you owe... 20% in taxes day when you do the conversion or you owe 20% in taxes down the road, you end up at the same spot. The only way paying the tax out of the account doesn't make sense is if taxes go down in the future. So it goes back to thinking about, do I believe taxes are going to go down the older I get throughout my retirement? Most people say no. It's, it's, and a lot of times we can validate that for you based on, hey, here's where current rates are. Here's what your income looks like, right? We can yeah. show you that. Um, but that's really the only way that it doesn't make sense is, is if taxes go down in the future. So whether you pay it when you do the conversion or you wait. The you, choice is yours. The choice is yours. Yep. We typically like to see folks be able to pay it from some other place and wait. Why does that make sense? Well, if I put a total of $50,000 in my Roth and I get, I don't owe any taxes for 12 to 14 months, I get hopefully 12 to 14 months of tax-free growth on 50,000 rather than on 40,000. I mean, we can all be in a rush to give the IRS our money, I guess, but I'm of the opinion I'd rather you hang on to it and give it to them (laughs) when they ask for it, not any sooner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's just something that we wanted to ch- talk about today, share with you today. Really, really important because most people have heard of a Roth IRA. Most people, um, I think, understand to to some degree what it does, but they're just not quite sure how to get money in there. And so those are the two main ways, a contribution and a conversion. There's other ways to do it. We're not going to get into that today. We'll save it for a future episode. You start looking at backdoor Roth contributions, things like that. But for right now, contributions and conversions. Yeah, I think this is a real simplified way of clearing up the confusion um, between a contribution and a conversion. Yeah, and you know, when the money comes out, remember of those tax forever accounts, whether you're taking it out, or there's money left in and someone inherits that, that tax is getting paid. It's a matter of at what rate is it going to get paid at? And do you want to be able to control that or not? Mm-hmm. And the goal would be to get as much into these tax-free buckets as possible so that when you're in retirement, on paper to the IRS, it looks like you're a pauper. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, we want you to look like you're living off of just your Social Security and if you have a pension. It puts you in more control of your income. We want all the other income that you're going to have coming from places that don't hit your tax return. Because when we can do that, it keeps your Social Security taxation low. It keeps your Medicare premiums low. Mm-hmm. So we want you on paper to look like you're living off of just these, these you know, kind of uh, pensions and Social Securities. We want all the other money that you're using and spending coming from places that the government doesn't have to see because you've already settled up that bill with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you want any help with this or you need any guidance with this, give us a call. The number is 817-328-6152. That's 817-328-6152. I would not suggest you just start looking and doing this on your own unless you really understand it because there's a lot of those tripwires we talked about last last time that you can get in a lot of uh, hot water 
by doing too much in the conversion, not understanding how it works, and you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, you're, you know, you're hurting yourself on one hand to try to help on the other. Yep, it's important to have a comprehensive knowledge of all of the different moving parts and pieces. So we are here to be your guide. <laughs> yeah, That's we are. Right. That's what we'll we're here for. That's what we're here for. Um, and it's real simple on your part. You basically say, hey guys, you know, here's how much I've saved in these retirement accounts. Uh, here's a copy of last year's tax return. Is there meat left on the bone? Can I take advantage of this? We're happy to help you with it, okay? Uh, we look forward to chatting with you next week. We'll finish uh, uh, our tax conversation then. Yes, we will. In the meantime, be well, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been another week of Retire Simply. Thanks for listening. And remember, anyone can save money, and just as easily, anyone can run out of money but it takes skill and a plan to take what you've saved and not run out. If you want to listen to more episodes or learn more about Compass Retirement, go to compassretirement.com. That's compass with two S's, retirement.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to tell a friend. They're probably a lot like you and would enjoy it too. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Compass Retirement, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Compass Retirement, Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Compass Retirement, Inc. Hypothetical examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real-life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.